You can never keep a good Loki down, can you? The God of Mischief has once again returned to grace our screens in his own series, and with this season having wrapped up, it's time to look back at Disney Plus's newest offering, which may be their best date, and which will no doubt have perhaps the biggest impact on the MCU of any movie or show so far. So crack open a cold Josta and watch out for any variants on this episode of Script or Screen. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of Scripture Screen. It's been a while. Uh, it's good to have you here. Zach, welcome. Thank you for joining us once again. For Thank you our, for having me, Chris. Uh, as always, as I, it's like I can't get enough of you. Actually, it, sometimes it feels like I can't get rid of you. Um, you know, so I'm everywhere. That. I am everything. Yeah, it's it, which is very on, on topic, you know, on, on theme today. <laughs> Um, thank you, though, for real, for realsies, guys, um, because it's been it's been a hectic kind of last couple of weeks for myself personally. I am in a new studio recording space, the spare bedroom in my apartment, um, in my new apartment, I should say. So now that that's all Ooh. done another way, hopefully, uh, you know, we it has can... been a tumultuous uh, couple of weeks just just getting everything sorted out we had to we had to prune a variant of script or screen where we did uh, an episode on casino royale and you know yeah. it was it's been rough I, it, you know what we'll we'll get back to them because actually with the newest trailer for no time to die i feel like we do have to get back to them um, eventually it, exactly but you know what i'll i'll tell you what Zach. this uh today's Today's topic is probably one of my favorite things uh, to date uh, that we've received this year. Uh, but before we get into that, I just want to make sure everybody uh, listening knows that, hey, we here at Scripture Screen love you and appreciate your ears. If you're interested in finding us on all of our wonderful social media platforms, we're at Scripture Screen on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. You can listen to us on our website and see all of our past episodes at scripturescreen.com or anchor.fm forward slash scripturescreen. We have an amazing catalog, including the rest of our Marvel Cinematic Universe episodes. And you can find them on all your various platforms of listening. Um, and another note that we have to make, Zach, yes. I want to recap some things from last episode regarding Ooh. the performance and release of Black Widow, because we have updated numbers. Breaking news from the box office. Well, as you can imagine, Zachary, um, the performance of Black Widow has surpassed expectations. This information comes to us from the roundup of information sources from Wikipedia. <laughs> so on the, what would you call it, the release and box office section, it says... As of July 26, 2021, Black Widow has grossed $156 million in the United States and Canada and $160 million in other territories for a worldwide total of $316 million. God damn. Um, I know. That is a lot. Um, the film's opening weekend earned $219 million globally, which included $80 million in domestic box office, $78 million in international, and a whopping $60 million in Disney Plus Premier Access Global Revenue. Dude, $60 million. That means over 2 million Premier or, or Disney Plus members purchased 
the Premier Access, uh, you know, codes or whatever it was. $30 fee. They paid that. Is this the end of the theater-going experience? Well, you know, I, I don't think... I hope not. But, you know, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I talk all the time about numbers and profits and crap like this that nobody else cares about, but I'm just so obsessed with it. No, um, it's, it's it's interesting to see how these things perform, and it's kind of a good indication of where the industry is going. But you know what, Zach? I gotta say, I've been feeding a lot of people some wrong information because there's something I... I I didn't even realize. I didn't even think to mention on any past episode. And that is, you know, when you think about the traditional 60-40 split between the gross ticket sales between the distributors and, like, the theaters themselves, that mm-hmm. is something Disney gets to bypass completely, and they get to pr- effectively, you know, on average, sell about three tickets per household with this Premier Access thing. So they've probably made more money on this than, I mean, maybe traditionally they would have. Wow. Well, it's it's certainly a sign of the changing times. Uh, but uh, I know there are there are certain experiences that no matter how convenient it might be, I just will not uh, sit in my living room to see it. Uh, for example, um, the the new Dune trailer just came out, and man, Dude. after I saw that, I probably got I think like three or four texts from various people being like. I have to see this, and I, I got chills. I really did. I did not expect it to look the way to. Also, I mean, I, I'm not familiar with the source material. I know you are, but it just I I was sold. This last trailer really did it for me. Um, yeah, is is great. Um, and and you know that's amongst a lot of other films that are coming out in the next couple of weeks, if not month. Um, I we already have our tickets to Suicide Squad. Um, that's right. I have free tickets to go see the G.I. Joe Snake Eyes movie uh, that that's I'm going to redeem good. this week. I mean, I think I'm, I'm going. I think I'm going this week to see. Uh, I might go this week to see the Green Knight. Yeah, which you so, will hear our coverage on uh, soon as well. Indeed. Um, but yeah, honestly, the theaters are really pumping out some great things, and these are all really big movies that you could get. A, I mean, sure, you could save some a couple bucks if you watch them at home. You know, if you have enough people and, and all that stuff, but. Where's the, the, the communal experience? However, I should add, you know, with rising cases of COVID, uh, you know, in the U.S. right now, um, due to these variant, uh, funny enough, um, <laughs> versions, uh, you know, practice, you know, your safety, personal safety and, and the safety of others around each other. You know, wear masks if you're going to go out and do, yeah, do things. Yeah, get a, get a goddamn vaccine. Like, I swear to God, we almost beat this, guys. We almost beat it. And a bunch of people ruined it for us. Yeah. Um get um, a vaccine. If you're if you're skeptical, go talk to your doctor. They know better than you. They it, probably know better than the internet as well. <laughs> yeah, they definitely know better than Facebook or YouTube. Get out there and and do your part so that way we can go back to having just a normal existence. Um and without further ado, let us go back and explore uh the not so normal existence of 2012's uh, Loki, Yoda. 2012. Yo, yeah, because you know what, Loki. Oh, you're right. <laughs> but let me tell you something, Chris. Yes, Zach. We we as 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 hosts of this show are burdened by glorious purpose um, to convey just how good this show was. I honestly, all right, are, are, are we going to do the whole non-spoilery and then spoiler kind of 
options because how about this what? how about this we'll uh we'll let's cover just the the behind the the, the general info and then we'll give our just overall like it love it gotta have it kind of um uh takes on it and then we'll just we'll just jump head first into spoiler territory i can i can jive with that so this series was created by michael waldron who funnily enough is uh serving as a producer uh for dr strange in the multiverse of madness uh, which, how about that, you know, the, Co- these things don't happen by accident. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, hey, he did a good job here, and, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll do a good job producing Doctor Strange. Uh, uh, you I'm know, sh- <laughs> at, at least we know that there's some sort of connective tissue outside of Kevin Feige between some That's of these true. films and, and some of these meetings that they have to go through. Um, right. And also, for those who, uh, you know, live underneath a rock or, um, you know, haven't even listened to the podcast or just listened to it and don't watch any of the things that we talk about, because I guess that's a member of the audience somewhere, um, mm-hmm. the show Loki, a tiny premise of it would, would be that uh, after stealing the Tesseract during the events oh, yes. of Avengers Endgame, which, by the way, we will get into specifics of Avengers Endgame. Did I say Avengers? I meant Avengers. Aven- <laughs> Avengers Endgame. An alternate version of Loki is brought to the mysterious Time Variance Authority, the TVA, a bureaucratic organization that exists outside of time and space and monitors the timeline. They give Loki a choice, face being erased from existence due to being a time variant, or help fix the timeline and stop a greater threat. Loki ends up trapped in his own crime thriller, traveling through time. That was an awesome premise. Thank you. Uh, Wikipedia. You are yeah. a wonderful source, and as always, don't let anybody tell you that you're not. <laughs> uh, serving as the director for all six episodes of the series is Kate Heron. Uh, looking at her work, she hasn't done too much of note. Uh, she did four episodes, uh, she directed four episodes of Sex Education, but it seems like Loki is really her, like, her big uh, thing that's gonna... We might start seeing her name pop up in more places. That is true. I I do want to add, and I don't think this is getting too much into spoiler territory, but Loki has already been greenlit for a second season. However, it's been reported that Kate Heron is not returning for the second season. I don't know if you saw those reports, but she herself said that she always imagined it, or at least her own role as just the the first season. That was it. Just to get Uh, started. She's like like the Sherpa uh, leading, leading the series where it needs to go. And then letting someone else take over. I mean, I, I don't know how I feel about that because uh, what's his name, um, David uh, Fincher, right? He started yeah. Mindhunter, and then he kind of left, saying like, "Yeah, I don't know." And then Netflix is like, "Yeah, but if you're not a part of it, then we don't want to do it anymore." And then he went on to make uh, Mank and was nominated for several Academy Awards, and that was also a Netflix thing. And so hopefully they say, "Hey, come back to Mindhunter," because you know, I, I as a viewer want more of that. Anyways, I'm not going to get into that. That's a <laughs> that's a whole other thing. One day, one day. Uh, so the series was written by Michael Waldron, Alyssa Karasik, Bisha K. Alley, Eric Martin, and Tom Kaufman. Uh, music by Natalie Holt. She did a fantastic job. We'll dig into that a little bit. Probably uh, one of the like the highlights of the show is is the score. Absolutely, uh, it was definitely a standout. Um, 
The series originally, its original run was from June 9th to July 14th uh, of this year. And with an estimated budget, this is nothing that's been reported for the series itself, but rather for like all the Disney plus Marvel series that they have an estimated budget of about 25 million per episode. Well, good. I mean, I, I want to say this is, this is probably the most effective use of any budget that we've seen. Yes, yeah, it, this is the one where I go like, oh, okay, they they really put it and to it, good use. And I, I feel like outside of some of the, you know, the, the name talent that they used, um, who I can't imagine took, a, you know, an audacious amount of money, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was just like the production design and everything, um, you know, just there was no other show that they've done as of yet has reached this the same kind of level as them. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's good stuff. So, let's look at this cast real fast. I'm going to, I think we can go through all of them. Uh, maybe, maybe leave off the last couple, um, uh, just for the sake of keeping it non-spoilery. Um, but we have go figure Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Ooh, the man himself, Loki Lofison. Yeah. Um. Hey, go figure. He's really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's all right. You know, this ain't this ain't no night manager, uh, Tom Hiddleston. But you know, it's all right. Right. <laughs> um, we got uh, Owen Wilson as Mobius. M. Mobius does the M. Here's what I M, M does stand check. for Mobius. Does it? It does. Thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta say, he's probably one of the my favorite parts about this. He's movie. yeah. He he was a very endearing character in this series. We have Sofia DiMartino as Sylvie or like Lady Loki. Any relation to Michael DiMartino? Let's find out. I I doubt it. Um but I I did enjoy her. I it was a well, I guess I are we really I really shouldn't say, but nice surprise of a character she was. Yeah, she, she was good. Not expecting um, her. Uh, no, it it is uh, uh, inclusive. I'll will tell you what that was a stretch of my you know, <laughs> you know our you avatar listening audience. Listen, listening. Do, I mean, some people don't know that what's his name, um, Nicholas Cage is a Coppola. Oh, that's true. Um. So next we have, and I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher these names. I'm terrible, but Gugu Mbathara. As Ravana Renslayer, uh, kind of, kind of the the head of the TVA, she's the one in charge. Uh, I think I think she did a pretty good job. Yeah, I, w- I would say across the board, everybody did pretty solid. Yep, uh, one me Mosaku as Hunter B fifteen. Shame. Ter- hmm? I said it's shame. <laughs> um, Tara Strong as Miss Minutes. That was a surprise to me. I didn't realize that was Tara Strong. I mean, I I. I'll be honest, I did not pay attention to the credits. Um, but, you know, we know Tara Strong from growing up as children. And her she's just in every cartoon you've ever of watched. Um, she is a terrific uh, voice actor. I think she's like the current animated uh, uh, Harley Quinn. Um, I could be wrong, though. Is she? I thought, what's her name? The actress uh, Kaylee Cuco, Cuco. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Uh, I, I don't know if... I'm, I don't know if it's the current or one of the last major ones, hmm. um, but I'm pretty sure Tara Strong has done 
one of them. Okay, she was in Arkham. And, and then um, we're not going to name the next three I wrote there. Cause we'll save we'll save talking about them for a minute. But uh, there were a couple cameos, just a, a few that I wanted to uh, mention. One was Jamie Alexander uh, showed up as Lady Sif for a few scenes, and that was fun. Fine, uh, good stuff. And Chris Hemsworth got to do a little voice acting as Throg. Yeah, it was like two seconds. <laughs> he, he just does a few grunts and stuff, and I was like, great. <laughs> Thanks for showing up, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. That was that was that was good fun. So, um, yes. Do you, do you, we're we're saving the last couple. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll save that for after uh we dive into spoilers. Love it. Love it. So, initially, let me tell you Zach. Mm. Let's let me let me let me gauge your interest on this. I don't know. Were you expecting um such a uh I want to say you know, a left field kind of pitch? From, so I'll from t- Marvel or what? I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly like what I felt. So at the end of, um, not at the end, but kind of in the middle of Endgame, we get that moment of Loki zipping away with the Tesseract. Yeah, and you go like, oh, oh, shit. like someone's gonna have to do something about that. And I figured, okay, that's either gonna be a new movie or something, or it's gonna be addressed down the line. It has to, um. And so when they announced this series, the series, and they, um, they the first trailers came out. What I thought this was gonna be was a story about Loki is now, you know, contracted by the TVA to go through time and fix problems. And I thought it was gonna be kind of an episodic thing of like mm-hmm. this episode you got to go here, this episode you got to go there, and we'll get into where that actually led to a, a few minor disappointments for me. No, nothing huge. But um, but I thought that was kind of what it was going to be, and it was. I did not realize it would get anywhere near the scale that the series got. I'm trying to imagine what I first thought about, like, some of the first trailers that we saw in images. Because I really, I mean, during the, like, um, like the, the marketing period of the show before it was released, I just, I don't know if I could really... Th- say that i i made something anything out of it i had just no idea what to expect that being said you know even when we would go on with like the you would see the logos of the show and and all the memes about like oh who this person obviously like loves being a graphic designer or whatever the hell it was (laughs) and and then you know we get hit with this with uh, all the tva stuff number one and then number two like this incredible intro that that does the play on the logo but like kind of shifts it together kind of like a, a lock and like you know those little dialogues that you have to mess with like with your airport luggage and stuff like that. right right it kind of look, it's all very dude this is different it, one this is just like incredible production and design totally didn't expect it that i think they learned from some of like the wandavision stuff that they had done already and they're like okay we can implement this in other ways some of these um at least some of like the mid-century choices and things like that and mm-hmm. then just like a, a, a fantastic color palette that they brought in that Loki has not at all like given this vibe of like any of the Thor films, right? They, they, this is like n- not at all what we would imagine. It's there's no gaudiness, or even when they they brought him to like New York or Earth, like uh, gaudiness. Have, yeah, there's no like none of that like real um, 
you know, uh, factor, like that, that, that neorealism. Flare. Exactly. You know, but it's all very, um, I don't know, like, like almost Frank Lloyd Wright esque in a way, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, honestly though, it was, it's, I was, there, yeah, I, I was I blown totally away. Agree. I was blown away by what we got. And I think just the first episode alone, I was hooked instantly. This, I feel like has a more, there was a confidence to this series that I felt was in places. I'm sorry if you hear my dog barking in the background. That's, that's just we, how dogs we, be. We welcome Rosie on the show. Yes. Um, but uh, the, there's a confidence to the show that I feel like at times was missing from uh, WandaVision and from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um where at times those shows really didn't know what they were trying to be or didn't trust the audience to just go with it. Yeah. Um, I know for, like, WandaVision, there was a lot of points where it was like, I thought they were over-explaining things because they're like, maybe our audience is stupid. Um, turns out we're not. And if you trust us, we'll yeah, I, get I it. Yeah, I felt nothing but the utmost respect that, that you know, like, that they had for, for us. For the most part. For yeah. the most part. <laughs> I'm, no, I mean, even in, in what some would argue were the dull parts, like that one reviewer from IGN, you remember that? I think you pointed yeah, that well, out. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to throw shame on other people. Um, I will. Here, I, I, I will. Shame. <laughs> yeah, th- there was there was one IGN article that w- seemed overtly negative uh, on an episode that uh, almost everyone universally enjoyed, and I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Like I said, I don't want to. That's someone's opinion, and they're allowed to think it, uh, even if I don't personally agree with it. But, uh, on the whole, I liked this series a whole gosh darn lot. And there was there are things where it's like, even as early as episode one, that suddenly, just like, it filled me with such excitement for the potential of what could be around the corner. And um, when things eventually pay off, it felt so rewarding um, in, in the great span of this short series Uh, well short series is like you know i know you already already got the six episode run with um falcon and winter soldier um i almost forgot that this show is also six episodes you know like and and i want to say in my humble opinion i think it used the time that it had a lot better than i felt like at times that falcon winter soldier did you know there Mm -hmm. were moments in Falcon Winter Soldier you can listen to in our past episode, but a specific point I mentioned is that they, they had almost these weird montages that were very, you know, something you'd see in television of, like, the early 2000s. Um, <laughs> I, I just felt it was so out of place for something like this, um, like, some of these great moments that they, they could have used, um, at least, it, versus, like, you know, some of the slower character moments and, like, you know, exposition points that they were trying to do in, in this show... I didn't think they felt out of place at all. I think they were they were deliberate. Um, and to be honest, I don't even personally. I don't even think they were that boring. I think no, they they were still inside of this world that they just kept building on. as such like a, I don't know the the the, the level of mystery that was surrounding this entire show. Um, yeah. there was there was a, not a single dull moment in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic series. I, in my personal opinion, it's the best uh, series from Marvel from Disney Plus that we have gotten so far. Um, I won't say all of Marvel TV because I do think uh, Daredevil is still uh, my favorite out of any. 
Marvel television show. I was, was going to say we're going into that that realm as well. I don't, you know what I got to tell you? I when I watched the first season of Punisher, I really I think I really enjoyed that. Punisher Punisher was good. Did you Punisher, did you end up watching that or no? Uh, I've seen the first three episodes, <laughs> but listen, Punisher got good on the on the shoulders of Daredevil. Anyway, that, that we're not here true. to talk about that. We will talk about Daredevil again one day because uh, that boy, I bet, is coming back. Um, but I think from here on out, we are we are pruning the no, the non spoiler timeline, and now we are going full force into the sacred spoiler filled timeline dude uh all right well let's spoil ahead i i gotta say well i mean this is sort of a spoiler but not really as well um they did an interesting job in in some of the the supporting role casting um of this show yeah and, and they they got it they also did it in um in wandavision they took two of the actors that they used from uh the mandalorian which is something that yes yeah the casting i saw that people. What uh, his Eugene uh, Cordero? He's the um, like the accountant or one of the guys, Casey. like yeah, in in the TVA, and he's you know he has all those Infinity Stones in his desk and stuff <laughs> like that. And I'm like thinking to myself, wait, I've seen this guy before. Where? And I'm like, oh, the Mandalorian. Then I look at the other scene. He's with Azif Ali, and then I'm like, oh wait, they're in that like uh, the Sanctuary episode. You know, yeah. they're they're begging to this guy. I'm like, I'm glad that they got to you know go into other roles disney's got their corral of like you know actors they can hey we need a small role here we need you just to appear in a couple of episodes of yeah um so yeah it's yeah it was it was was just it was a thing i saw on the internet the other day they just post like hey these guys are these guys i'm like oh shit like (laughs) yeah i mean hey listen like i really i like that that was nice and their roles were funny it was cool. But um listen, if we're going to talk spoilers, Chris, I think we need to address um the end of the MCU. Because oh, the, the 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 MCU is over. It ended with Loki. Uh cuz now we're in the MCM. The MCMU? No, just the MCM. What are the, the, the Marvel, Marvel Cinematic, cinematic multiverse i was gonna say multiverse universe hey chris you didn't get got this time you know what it's real i gotta tell you i've been getting god all my life oh (laughs) i get got every day and this time they gave it to me but they didn't give it to me in in the way i thought they would and i'm glad they didn't as i said in the past i am a super big large incredible proponent of time travel it's one of my favorite you know, niches in science fiction um, mm-hmm. because you could do so many different things with it. It's, it could be really cool or it could suck. Um, <laughs> I mean, just that's which, which, was, which was Loki. I would say, uh, well, Loki didn't suck. It just seems a little more obvious um, that this is how they would do the multiverse. And I didn't, I thought they were going to do something like dimensions. No, they're talking about just like different timelines and, Somebody was plotting the holes, or plotting the holes, like plotting the, the the major events that Marvel did in the past to kind of come to this moment. And I didn't even realize that Avengers Endgame, in that sense, where they developed this bit, and even in, in Anna, Ant-Man, um, oh, uh, was to Ant-Man and the Wasp, excuse me, that's the name. Yeah. Um, you know, they kind of laid the stepping stones to to this kind of greater next 10 years of of Marvel films to the point where yeah. I'm like, holy fuck, like, 
I should. I, the thing is, I know nothing about. Uh, you know, I, I really don't know much about Kang. Funny enough, um, who's Kang? Oh, <laughs> it's a little earlier, but like, I love that we're in time travel now, and it's like I have so much to be excited about in these films. It's, I think it's great that yeah. like, okay, so like, if you go back to like pre, uh, pre Civil War, yeah. Um, Everyone would be like, who the f*** is Ant-Man? Why do I care about Ant-Man? And now, like, I saw a thing that, like... I saw a thing today that um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania has, like, gone into... has Production has begun on that movie, and I'm like, yes! <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna see more of Jonathan Majors. Uh, Jonathan Majors is the secret weapon of this show, and He's, we'll, we'll oh talk about him in a God. minute. But but when I saw that production started on Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania, um, I was chills. very yeah. literal chills because I'm, when I'm shaking right now when so they announced a while ago that Jonathan Majors he's playing King the Conqueror, um, which was a big deal back when it was announced. Um, and then there's a little thing in the first episode of this of Loki. Where they go, it's at the very end when they're looking for this variant Loki who ends up being Sylvie, and they're like, that weapon, it's from the 31st century, and my stupid comic book nerd brain was like, oh, 31st century Kang! <laughs> then, you mean Nathaniel Richards, descendant exactly. of Reed Richards? Exactly, oh, and possibly Doctor Doom? And possibly Doctor Doom. You see, here's my thing, and I've said this in the past, I thought the next big, gym, amazing giant villain that had like Loki level potential of like spanning, you know, 10 years was going uh -huh. to be either Dr. Doom, probably Dr. Doom. And I'm uh -huh. like, this is, I I'm dead set on it. And then we got the announcement of fantastic four. And I'm like, dude, this is gonna be great. And I think at that point, Kang had also been announced. And I'm like, yeah, 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 Kang, but like Dr. Doom, we're going to get him. It's going to be awesome. I'm a big fan of Dr. Doom. Um, and then now, now I've done my reading up on Kang. I have. I've, I, after I saw the episode, I did all the Googlings. I've read Wikipedia pages. You saw the thing where he, he like didn't pay a girl for her lemonade? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I got to tell you, this makes so much more sense. To, and I'm glad they didn't listen to me and all my fan mail and everything. Because I'm, I'm way more excited now in the direction of where they're going and how this could span into things like the Fantastic Four. And then Doom. And then Galactus. And all yeah. these incredible other things that aren't just Thanos and I dude like yeah, it's oh, exciting oh it's really God. exciting um it's so good and, to be a Marvel fan right now yeah great we'll, time we will uh we'll, we'll touch on all the kingness of it uh, I wanted to start this by going over just a small laundry list of minor mind you minor gripes that I felt uh I that Made this series not a ten. Uh, for me. I'm gonna grab my bar of soap so I can wash your mouth just in case. <laughs> okay, so and, but trust me, after after this, like it's it's all positive. Like okay, this is yeah. this is me just I, airing. I, I, I gotta be honest, I I have very little I do not like about this show. That's the uh, same for me. It's gonna sound like I'm being really negative on this, but a lot of these things are so small. Okay, and they might be only things that bother me. Oh yeah, but. We yeah. well, this going... is lucky for you. You're the co-host, so this is your outlet. Loki for me. I'm sorry. You said Loki for me. No, no, no. I, uh, that's funny. <laughs> I uh, all right, we're going. Okay, so my first gripe. Uh, there are times when I think the pacing 
could have been slightly, just a little bit better. And if I may be so bold, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a very controversial hot take right now. Hot takes um, by Zach. Get them while they're um, hot. This series could have been five episodes. <laughs> okay, I'm, um, you're not the only I've one heard, with this complaint. I've seen this. I've heard people say that this could have been a movie. I don't think it could have been a movie. Definitely I think not. If it was a movie, the ending people would be so mad about the ending. Whereas you know, as a series, the ending works perfect. Um, but man, episode three is kind of a slog because it's literally like we're just gonna screeching halt the momentum, and we're just gonna have two characters inorganically talk to each other about their their themselves and their problems. Whereas it could have been like if they had just made it like a cool like rip roaring adventure, and like you learn about them. In a more, I don't know, organic way, I think that would have been cool. Rather mm-hmm. than having, like, literally, oh, let's take a train ride. Are you bisexual? <laughs> okay. Yeah, for so, and, and for the record, for the record, I don't care that Loki's bisexual. He's he, uh, real-life Loki f***ed a horse. Uh, no, excuse me, got f***ed by a horse uh, and had horse children. So I don't care about that. That's it, more power to him. Uh, if he is bisexual, but it was just like I, I'm just was, sure you're upset you didn't get the rip whirlwind of the second episode into the third one. You f- <laughs> just like it, no, like again, the, this is not like a deal killer. There are parts of episode three I liked, but it was just like I was like, this is definitely like it feels like the like we got stuck in the mud for a minute. We're spinning our wheels, but then episodes four, five, and six are fantastic. So it's like, well, he, here's my rebuttal to that because I kind of mentioned it in the beginning. Um, it's that I, I even felt like because of what we were given, you know, like this scenery of which they're in, like this kind of like this, uh, what, what was mm-hmm. it? This apocalyptic planet they're exploring. Oh, um, and, and that's a cool name. Lamentis. Yeah. And then you have like, you know, this weird woman, like this, you know, her husband's dead or something like mm-hmm. that. And then she comes out with this gun like that, like these little moments, like. Dude, this still made it such an enjoyable episode and experience it for me. Was, it wasn't like, bad. Like, I, I'm it was, like, sorry. It was. It was better than the worst episodes of Loki of um, WandaVision or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, like, yeah, it was fine. It let was me just, let me tell you what too. It's just that I feel like you know James Gunn's been hogging all the nice space shit with uh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. So anytime that we can get some of these characters uh, into these places. Um, I, you know, I guess. You know, I'm, I guess. I think that they've done super well with showing off these spaces and everything that I I'm, mean, I'm sure, still just as distracted and entertained. And I, I'm not, you know, going over my mind like, wow, they've already wasted 30 minutes of this episode talking about their, their fucking problems in life and how they got to where they are. Like, no, I'm still into it. The costume so, design, the textures, they're all great. See, I, I thought that the costume design was a little weak. Uh, set design was cool. I liked the the city they arrive in at the end. I thought it had very um kind of like uh, Sakar uh, vibes to it. Yeah, but um, but that's fine. Well, we can we can leave this point as is. Uh, you know, if this had been five and a half episodes, I think it would have been great. It would have been five perfect. and a half. Wait, well, how yes. long was episode three anyway? Here, probably like forty five minutes. If you give me a second, as I'm on the whatchamacallit right now, uh. I will tell you. So, episode three, Lamentus, it's, it's entitled. It's 42 minutes. I feel like that's fine. It's whatever. Anyway, um, 
Moving on, uh, my next slight complaint, again, this is, like, not a major thing, but um, they had to... So, this is Loki from 2012, as you said. Yeah. Um, but he plays, like, Loki, who just got out of Ragnarok, and th- that is because they kind of sped... Uh, Speed. Uh, they did that recap thing. Yeah, yeah. They the said they said here, watch a movie of what what was supposed to happen to you. And he saw the thing. He saw him being responsible for his mother's death. He saw um, him having Thor as a brother and being a good guy in Ragnarok. And then he saw himself being killed uh, by Thanos. Yeah. And it was all just to kind of catch him up to, so that way he's the Loki we know and the Loki we like. But it's like, this is the Loki who, like, days ago or a week ago killed 80 people. Uh, that is a line I I was recalling from uh, today when I was thinking about it, uh, from the first Avengers movie, where Black Widow, she's like, oh, he killed 80 people in two days. So it's like, it's weird that, like, they definitely just want him as fun, likable Loki, not crazy villain Loki. Um, And I think here it's a little, like, that's the kind of, like, suspension of disbelief where you have to go, okay, whatever, I I accept that he watched how his life was supposed to be and that was enough to make him turn over a new leaf. I don't personally believe that that's enough. I feel like experiencing something and then watching it happen on a TV are two different things. You know, as Loki says, experience is experience. Sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, but it, it was just one well, little I, thing where I, I was just I mean, like, that was to, that was to your point. Um, you know, what's funny is that I, I think I go back and, and, and I, I remember just how I felt watching it. It's just, it was more like, I liked how all the other characters would play off of Loki in this situation and more like his kind of world was rocked and now he's powerless in a, in a way, he can't. Yeah, he definitely his... goes through uh, like a a major like paradigm shift of like, oh, I literally like everything I thought was powerful is not powerful. Yeah, so I I, I so I feel like his motives later um, are reflected of that, and I I personally I don't think I dwelled on you know. No, I mean, but I think that's what... a good, I think it's a good point that you bring up though. I didn't even realize you know he did kill eighty people in like two days, and you know. Uh, uh, glorious purpose is still his driving force. I mean, you're not wrong. I, I do think, though, that, like, you know, I, I mean, I guess time runs differently in the TVA, so we don't, we aren't sure how how, how long, long he had been there. Yeah. He, exactly. So, yeah, you like know. I said, it's, you can, I can forgive it because I enjoy watching Loki and I enjoy him being a more, a slightly more sympathetic character, but it was just one of those weird incongruous things that I, I definitely was in the back of my mind a bit. I just, I just like when Mobius goes to him, he's just like, I, 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 you see, I can't trust you. Like, that's that thing. And then, no, I, I just think that's, that's so great. Um, and, and it says a lot about like, okay, like, Really, can the audience even trust his his um, genuineness? Yeah, we, and we get into that a little uh, like toward the end of the series. But um, here, let's let me just uh, the the my last three notes are kind of small. So, uh, Renslayer, I think they they kept her stuff pretty vague. Uh, but for me, and I guess it doesn't really matter until season two. But it was hard to tell if they were keeping her. St- history and what her plan was vague because 
they were still playing their cards close to the chest and they didn't want to reveal everything just yet and they're they are they're they're being the intricate puppet masters that we want them to be or if they just don't know and they haven't written it yet so they said oh i i you know she you'll find out um so for me i was just kind of like okay her some of her material is a little uh kind of i don't want to say annoying but just like you're like it doesn't it doesn't feel like they have everything figured out yet but hey we're getting a season two it's fine not a big deal yeah I'll, um yeah you know i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt i'm gonna say that hopefully it is figured out or the, at least the general idea and then they're gonna fill in the blanks if they can um, fill in the blanks with a good with a good thing of like oh yeah I was doing this the whole time and it syncs up with what we saw in season one I'm cool I'm great yeah yeah I don't I don't think Kevin Feige is necessarily the kind of guy that would let them go in with absolutely no plan on the future um, right however there is a I I mean I was in the impression that there was a pretty blank canvas for the next uh, you know saga if you will now there um, is yeah well I mean dude the ramifications of the show are just um, you know endless. Yeah, um, um, you could say so, it's madness. Yeah, um, the the last two things are again. This these are the most specific to me, but I, you know, it's so they may not be as major as I make them sound. But uh, one is that I don't like how that the marketing of this series pushed for the scene pushed the scenes of President Loki and Loki as DB Cooper. Um, I don't like that they advertise those scenes like they were m- major plot points when they mm-hmm. both of them were just little jokes. Yeah, like like DB Cooper was just a quick little cutaway joke, um, and President Loki was in the series for like two minutes, that, and then that, he. You're not wrong. You know what's funny is that if you actually look at the Wikipedia page for Loki, it'll t- Tom Hiddleston has like a small thing talking about President Loki, and it's like okay, but why? Did you really need to do like that much, you know, character research on President Loki to do that? You know, <laughs> it was yeah, five minutes or less of it was. Him? It was just like you know, I thought that like you know, when you see Loki as DB Cooper, I'm like that, and you know that the series about time travel. I'm like, oh, that would be really cool if maybe somehow I, I Loki... can see how that goes with your original theory. You know, yeah, we're yeah, where Loki somehow had to be DB Cooper for this thing, and that's what at least for me the advertisement made me think it was going to be and then when i saw president loki and there was even stuff that didn't make the cut of the series like loki ruling asgard um that i thought were going to play into it yeah um even like the trailer they had the line just before he jumps from the plane where he's like okay brother heimdall i hope you're ready and he leaps out and the the Heimdall's like Bifrost blast comes and grabs him. Yeah, and for I remember seeing that and being like, I wonder if Chris Hemsworth and Idris Elba are gonna make a cameo. Like, but nope, it was just a quick joke and it didn't. So I was just disappointed with that. Little... Uh, I I think, and if I'm wrong here, I could be corrected, but I think Idris Elba was actually already filming Suicide Squad before he could ah. uh, film something like this. Yeah, I think, and honestly, I think he got a better deal out of Suicide Squad too. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then the last thing for me is, um, so the whole growth of Loki's character in this series, his big arc is that he learns to like himself and forgive himself and learn to accept himself for what he is. And so that is 
shown through his um, friendship, alliance, and eventually his romance with Sylvie, mm-hmm. um, which there is kind of like a darkly comedic thing of like, of course, the one person that Loki falls in love with is himself. <laughs> um which is, it's funny. It's a good character moment. I don't agree with those people where it's like, oh, wow, this is like incest or something. I'm like, no, it's it's not it, it's, it's not, not a relative. It's, it's, it's yeah. him. <laughs> it's, it's also uh, him and it's not him, too, because it's not like he's feeling it two times, like, but, you know. But yeah, not- but the message of the story is kind of, it's self-love. It's, it's learning to accept yourself for all of your flaws and... Uh, learning to forgive yourself for the things that you can't change about yourself, uh, and but but make make uh, progress where you can, and I I really liked that and I thought it was done really well. But I feel like having them be romantically involved maybe goes a little too far. Where I'm like they could have just been allies and friends, and I think it would have been like just the right amount. I feel like maybe there might have been some executive meddling behind the scenes that said, hey, we, we need them to... There needs to be a romance <laughs> factor to it. Now kith. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, uh, but again, this isn't a deal killer for me. I, the, the romance didn't... It added a, a layer of tragedy to the ending. Um, so, not a, not a major thing. And guess what? That's my last gripe. Um... It's all positive from here on out. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, to I mean, I I like their relationship. I think it's it, it you know Loki being a long-standing uh, anti-hero at this point. I, I mean, sure he was an antagonist. Now he's an anti-hero for the most part. Mm-hmm. If not, you know, and he's a protagonist in his own right. Um, I think I'm fine with them exploring you know romance as well because that is a part of. Every, I mean, life in general. So, I don't hate that. Um, you know, I being a little more positive than you are about the show, Zach. I think, uh, you know, at this point, I just want to talk about not just Loki, but you know, his uh, incredible cast of characters. In fact, the incredible casting uh, of some of these guys. Let's talk. Let's talk Mobius. Wow. Mobius. I mean, first of all, he didn't wow. even say wow. A single time in the series. Wow. Ben Stiller. Wow. wow. So there's oh, this. gosh. Wow. You know, when I thought he was going to be cast in the series, it's like, okay, you know, Owen Wilson, known for, uh, you know, Ben Stiller films. And, you yeah, know, he's, he's, he's snarky. He's funny. He's, he's you know. He's interesting. Kind of, I mean. He's a rascal. Yeah. Wes Anderson films, too, um, I should say. But at the same time, like, you know, is this. How is he going to play? And I gotta say, I was super, super into the the kind of person that that they they put him as. I loved Dude. in your note you kind of described him really well. Um, yeah, the uh, overworked, a, overqualified middle management type. Yeah, and he kind of just wants more, and and just wants like that that not necessarily the responsibility, but like the respect and everything that he gets with with the the job that he knows he does well, and. There's a lot of I love that yearning for for more. You know the the, yeah. the jet ski thing. Honestly, as funny so, as it was, it's like oh my god, such a moment. There is there is a little thing in character writing that will always get me, and it's when you have a character who is a fully 
fleshed out character, but they have their creature comforts. Yeah. And that's, yeah, like his jet ski, how he's just like, he's just fascinated by jet skis. He's like, there's a point when, when design and functionality were in perfect unison and it was when the jet ski was made <laughs> and how he drinks f- uh, fucking Josta uh, for lunch yeah. and you're like you know it's a discontinued soda so it's like you know the idea is that like, I guess it got pruned yeah um, and just like you know I love that they give these characters like creature comforts that um, that you know it, it humanizes them a lot especially because these are at least at the beginning, you're supposed to believe that these are not human. And, and dude, let me tell you, the, the fact, you know, we talked about the mystery of the show, but, like, the and before, everything before episode five, before, you know, we found out what the hell pruning actually was, like, right. it just destroyed me to see him go. Like, so, I, yeah. I, I gotta say, I was like, oh, my God, I don't think I've ever been so betrayed when when he stood up to Renslayer and he's like, you know, I bet you that wherever where whoever I was before this, I bet I had a jet ski. I bet it was happy and stuff. And yeah, it was damn near cathartic to hear him finally stand up to Renslayer. Yeah, uh, and when he is pruned, it is. I remember just feeling so, just just you you feel that like oh, oh my god, like what a way to go out. Like I hope. You know, it was I, I mean, listen, I, I knew mo- we, I knew we weren't gonna not see him again. You know. Well, here's the thing. I, I didn't know if we were gonna see him again, and I thought like, you know, if that was where he, where he died, then I was like, you know what? He didn't get what he wanted, but he said his, he spoke his piece. He, he stood up for what he believed in, and like that's enough, even <laughs> if we never see him again, because <laughs> then it makes him this tragic figure. Dude, the gall Marvel would have had. If that's how they treated Mobius. <laughs> but but it would have made him like the best, like, you know, oh, what a sad like yeah. you know like the tragedy, you know, of Mobius. And the real tragedy uh comes at the very, very end with Mobius, but um we'll oh, we'll talk God. about that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Sophia Di Martino, I think she did a great job. She's kind of the emotional center. Dude, I uh, I like another another great experience. You know what I gotta say, like I love the you know her performance when we got the um, not the flashback. No, well, it's more like uh, they were kind of exploring the um, like when she was taken. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, and also just like in the in the beginning, like I just love like her, her outbreaks, her freakouts, and things like that. Like she's full with like full of ferocity. Um, yeah, definitely. You know? Like, and it's just. Fantastic. I had no idea she was even going to be in the show. I had no idea they were going to take it in this direction. But when they said that there's different forms of Loki, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, of course. Why wouldn't I assume that, like, there's, like, girl Loki, you know, there's woman Loki and, and things like that. Like, it didn't didn't even think of that, you know? Yeah. And, man, I, I like that, you know, she kicks. She She's a much more physical fighter um, than Loki. Which, like, which she does, awesome. like, flipping off walls and stuff. Um, she's definitely the, the straight man to Loki's fool. Um, and I love that by the end of it, she doesn't compromise her vision for the sake of like love or any other sentiment. It's like, it's like she is, she's like driven. Yeah. Yeah. She's driven and she like, you know, she says she's going to do something and she does something and, uh, boy, are we going to find out how that, uh, how that goes down. I, um, I I honestly I 
that was the kind of turn that this series needed. Uh, and it, it's probably one of the things that like separates this show from, I mean, WandaVision. I would say even with Falcon Winter Soldier, but the fact that Falcon Winter Soldier, uh, I'll say it again, features the beheading or the beating up yeah. of somebody with the Captain America shield, you know, that was that liftoff point for that show versus... The, but I don't think they went as high as they thought they were going to go with that in the end um, versus this uh, kind of turned that moment and kickstarted something that has far re- far more reaching effects than um, than anything else has had in the past. Right. Um, uh, yeah, we I mean, talked a bit about the uh, the work, you know, the employees of the TVA, um, Hunter B-15 and Casey and all them. Let's talk about the denizens of the end of time, namely Richard E. Grant as classic Loki, Dude. Jack Veal as kid Loki. Um, I'm going to get his name now. Gator Loki um, as himself. Deobia <laughs> Operai, I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name, as boastful Loki, Tom Hiddleston as president Loki, and yes, alligator Loki as his goddamn self. <laughs> um... Let me tell you, when episode four ended and Loki got, you know, uh, pruned and I was like, oh man, is this gonna, are we just gonna stick with, uh, uh, Sylvie for the rest of the series? Mm-hmm. I don't, it had gotten to the point where I was like, Hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm invested in her story. If this is what it is, I'm not entirely against it, but I'm glad we did get the, um, reveal that all the Lokis are back. But my God, when I saw alligator Loki, I I couldn't believe my eyes. I laughed for a solid like five minutes just at this stupid looking alligator with his stupid horns on his head. I love and the I fact said, that they question it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and man, uh, and I love that it he wasn't a one off joke. He was like, "I'm here. I'm a character. I have dialogue." <laughs> <laughs> I am in just as much of the series as Kid Loki is. He bites off President Loki's hand. It's honestly probably the best CG character that they've had to date. He drinks boxed wine. <laughs> and, and can we Incredible. talk about Richard E. Grant? I, you know, because you know what? One fantastic actor as always um 100 another disney alumni with star wars i'm sure he's been in other disney projects that i right. can't name right now um but oh my god he embodies this role and he lo- when he i remember when the episode aired and now he's talking about it um like he has these ideas for like a series a spinoff with like himself and alligator loki and, and doing these <laughs> things i'm like yes i'm game i am Please. so game i love that he, he's so enthusiastic about this because he he embodied everything classic loki should have been um, yeah he was he was cool i like you know he it's the continued uh inclusion of marvel's like campy comics accurate costumes yeah uh uh in hearing his backstory of how he he created an illusion so perfect it even fooled the mad titan himself um and and watching him go out in his blaze of glory at the end against Eliath was like man what what a guy what a guy i still alligator loki is still my favorite just on principle but like classic loki knocked it out of the park 
Like you, you gotta love it. Honestly, you really do. Kid Loki, I don't know, kind of a disappointment. He's all right. It was cool. I mean, he was just like, oh yeah, I killed Thor. That was my big variant thing. Jesus. <laughs> um, let's talk real fast before we dive into the final episode of the series, because uh, that's I think where the real the meat yeah. is. Just let's talk real fast about the, some of, some of the production side of things. The score by Natalie Holt dude, is so good, dude. That opening theme, oh my god! Talk it's about weird, something I've always wanted wild. ever. Like, uh, it, and the score, it's operatic. I, you know, the score has the perfect mix of like kind of like you know electronic synth and then also yep. like classical like hero themes and and just like it mixes and waves weaves the two um, at times. That's just I. Marvel, I don't think, has done anything like this before. And they really hit all, like, the modern notes that they needed to, you know, to get through, to reach to, I think, the widest audience. And my ears are pumping. They're jamming right yeah. now. Thinking and at about the it. end of every episode, when it cuts to when it cuts to the closing credits, I was always just kind of, like, feeling just the the power of that, that theme. And... Yeah, uh, Natalie Holt, I'm going to be keeping an eye on your music going forward. I mean, listen, Um, these people should know that we're a fan. Have you listened to our theme song? Billy, quick theme song. You just heard that, like, you know, it's not the same thing, obviously, but it's like the, you know, same principle. It's just we did it because it's shit like that sounds good, and we want more of it. I want more of it in my life. Um, Yes. So Uh, Let's talk about the sets because, man, the, the, the set production... Of, of this, if if either it's the TVA offices, the Rock Smart, uh, in the apocalypse, the end of time, the Loki bunker, or the home of He Who Remains. Did Did you know that like the TVA like Grand Hall is not like a CG, but it's an actual location. It's the Marriott Hotel in Atlanta. Boom, dude! Like that was insane. That well, one. I mean, of course, they shot in Atlanta, um, because that's just home to you know, you know, wonderful film credits in the South. Uh, you know, I was gonna say Southeast United States and things like that. Um, but anyways, like the production design, the locations, everything were like the best, you know, uh, of all time. No other love- Marvel project has has had such good. Uh, production design. I, like, I love that when they're in the TVA, all so many angles are like these low angles that make everything the statues of the timekeepers or the just the the structure of yeah. the TVA just seem like it's this towering, imposing figure because that's what it's supposed to be. It's this For like sure. fascist regime, basically. No, it's all incredible. I, I like. I love. Absolutely loved all of it. I mean, and also he, like the I talked about it earlier, like the color, the color scheme that they use for the show, like the palette. You know, these oranges, the, you know, these greens. Oh, by the way, I didn't even mention it, but the <laughs> opening Marvel theme that's black and gold and green. Yeah. Yes, oh. please. As as you know, as a lover of gold, um, as as is some of our logo. Uh, you know, as, the hex code I call it is uh, Source Gold. Um, there you go. There you go. Um, it is my, some of my favorite stuff right there. That just little detail, great detail. Loved it. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks and uh, Kang's uh, home, his fortress, his, I don't even know what you call it, Chrono Castle. Um, 
looks incredible. It's the black stone with like the gold yeah. um, through it. Uh, everything in the series looked fantastic. Um, there was a lot of attention to, to great detail here. Like this is what I'm talking about, like $25 million per episode uh, on the budget. It looks incredible. And like the CGI that we got in this series uh, looks fantastic. Whether it's, you know, um, like, you know, uh, what's the planet? Uh, Lamentis. You know, I didn't like the episode, you know, 100%, but man, the special effects on there were great. And um, at the end of time, uh, in like kind of like the prune. The pruning world, yeah, uh, all of that looked fantastic. And Eliath, a giant Marvel smoke monster, looked just like it had physical presence there. It's much more than particle effects on After Effects, guys. I mean, these are <laughs> these are real things. I, I I gotta say, dude, like I I don't think I, I like. I'm so happy there's a season two coming. I, I yeah, more like a lot happier than I I am about like. Captain America Four, or I mean, <laughs> I mean even Black Widow. Black Widow is all right compared to this. You know, I, I feel um, like, but um, it's just so. And, and honestly, it, it it leads us into our 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 kind of last bit about this show, which is like the final episode. The, I mean, honestly, the the last half hour of the last episode. Yeah, so that is uh, episode six for all time, always, uh, which is. As I described it, it's about 90% a conversation. 90% of that conversation is just one person. And almost the entire thing is raw exposition. <laughs> Excuse you, me. You, you got to think if, about how little takes that they took during this thing. Like there, there were a lot of long takes here. Like, And I... Well, that's because the director, Kate Heron... Kate Heron? Did I just... Yeah, yeah. Kate Heron. Yeah. She probably told Jonathan Majors, hey, just just go out there just and do your stuff. Uh, knock our socks off. And he said, I will do this. Um, I, 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 you know what's funny? Is I imagine him saying it just like that. He is such a, a charismatic actor. I've, I said it in the past. His performance in Last Black Man in San Francisco is where I first met him, I think, in terms of an audience member. And I fell in love mm-hmm. With him then, and he brought the same level of incredible performance to this role as well. Yeah, I've and, definitely, I've definitely, oh. definitely been meaning to watch. Um, uh, there's um, also Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, Country, which isn't being renewed for a second season. Those motherfuckers. Yeah, they've got a lot of. Uh, and uh, we are. I am anxiously anticipating him. Uh, in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania because this is just one of limitless Kangs. I wonder where he would take others. I really do. If if he has to add spins on his performances. Because this is just the the he he who remains. This is, yeah, this is just that one version of him. Yeah. He could be like just any, any, he could be Kang the Conqueror, Immortus, Rama Tut, uh, the Kang who doesn't pay for lemonade. He can literally be all of them, and they're all equally valid. He can be valid. Nathaniel Richards, who gets bullied in school. That's true. I, I um, Here's the thing. What I love about this last episode is that on paper, it shouldn't work. 
uh, spending an entire season finale just having a character show up, explain everything, and then go like, okay, uh, everyone just loses, I still win no matter what happens. Like, that shouldn't work, but it works so well here. I wonder if it was a tough sell when you think about it. Like, I, th- I, no, I, I, you, I think you know, it was the... Can I tell you I something? Think it, yes. There's a, there, I have a doubt in, you know, please prove me beyond the shadow of this doubt. Um, wrong, at least. Um, that, like you say, shouldn't work on paper, but like, I think they definitely anticipated the fan reaction due to the fact we already knew about the casting. And mm-hmm. they, this was such a well-kept secret, it seems, um, to then, like, when they released this, like, I don't, if they didn't get the same kind of reaction, you know, I think it, it could, it could bode quite badly for them. Well, luckily, I think, I think everyone saw this character and just immediately gravitated towards him. Because here's the thing. I know who Kang is. You know who Kang is. There's a I, lot of people who you, know who Kang is. I didn't really but, know who Kang was. I, I know who but, he is. But, I mean, is. You, you knew who he was in just the grand scheme of he's a big, bad Marvel villain. I Actually, did I tell you about my experience? I, I said, um, someone I know watched the series, and uh, they got to the end. It's like, yeah, it was interesting. I said, what do you mean it was interesting? Did you not love the end? He's like, I, he's like, I guess I don't really get it. Like, who's this person? And I'm <laughs> okay, like, so oh. that's that kind of um that kind of plays into one thing that I was thinking because I'm like I know who Kang is you know who Kang is and I know that Jonathan Majors is playing Kang because I pay yeah. attention to film production um which I understand not everyone can and will, will do. do right um so you know when I see Jonathan Majors show up in this I go like oh my god it's it's happening they are introducing Kang when I see there's a sword and they're like it's from the 31st century I'm like it's Kang it's going to happen and I got excited cuz I was like this is such a fun way to start building up our big bad for the next you know future MCU mm-hmm. crossover event um and so it's different from how they treated Thanos and it's it is you know, as a comic fan, I'm like giddy over this kind of stuff. But for someone who isn't in the know, like, do, are, does it have as much of an impact on them? Right. And it sounds like maybe not. And that's but... the, yeah, that's the thing. It's like I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, did they depend too much on this? Um, you know, not like not depending on nostalgia, but like depending on like fan reaction. You know, like true think, comic fan reaction. I think this is what what you might consider a creative investment, because you go, yes, we're we're committing the end of this season of this series to introduce, um, this this character, and we have to un- we have to accept that there is probably a large number of people who are more casual fans and they won't know who this is and what it means, but we're doing it with the understanding that we have all these plans going forward and in maybe 10 years time, maybe less, but maybe in, you know, by the time we get to where Endgame was in this Mm -hmm. new set of films and shows, perhaps now suddenly you'll look back on it and you'll be like, oh my gosh, it all started here. I mean, here's here's the thing I'll I'll, I'll give them is that obviously this introduction has much more... You know, it resonates a lot more and and effectively better than Thanos' introduction at the end of oh, Avengers in 2012. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is like, 
you know, I'm, I'm glad that they did it like this versus the way they, they did Thanos. You know, mm-hmm. it was just his smile and, you know, whatever well, the hell else. They're, they're actually pretty similar. They're, 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 they're pretty oh. similar in their execution. Get the mainly hell out of that, here. No, no, trust me, because uh, mainly what it is is this obviously is a much more hands-on. It's much more involved with, like, Kang actually being an active role in the in his first introduction, but, like, they're both in these larger-than-life characters that have kind of, like, an untold amount of power. Uh, we don't know how strong they are, but they have people who obey them, and we don't know their names, because Kang is not named. He's called He Who Remains. He refers to himself as a conqueror, or having once been a conqueror. But he does not name himself, or he is not referred right. to by any right. thing. Um, and we are given a little treat of what they are like uh, before we move on to something else. You know, can I can I interject? Because I feel like the exposition that He Who Remains gave us in this film is actually filled a void that we didn't get with Thanos, right? Whenever we got mm-hmm. Thanos before, prior to um, Infinity War, we got him in very small pockets. A couple of scenes in Guardians 1, right? Like two scenes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got him at the tail end of Avengers 1, tail end of Age of Ultron, and then again at like tail end of Thor Ragnarok. Um, And that wasn't even him. That was just his ship. Um, But we were just kind of thrown in and pushed into his motivations um, and his just sort of like schemes at the beginning of Infinity War, um, which I mean to me is still one of the greatest Marvel films that exists. However, because of the fact that we got that here and now um, in this film, I think it effectively, like, you know, I, I, let me go back one more time. I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's like, <laughs> you, know, you know, like between all those films and that first ten years of this of the Infinity Saga. We filled in a lot of the gaps ourselves by these little tiny points where we see Thanos like, oh, what is he doing? Oh, Thor says that somebody's playing a game with the Infinity Stones. we got to figure it out. Versus, we literally met a variant of Kang. And his whole introduction gave us, one, motivations, two, uh, personality and just kind of like character... At least it's, for this king. At, at least for this king, but I can't. I don't assume that Jonathan Majors. Um, I mean, at least the physicality hopefully stays quite similar. And although I hope they do him up in the, the kind of the classic costume, that would be really cool. Well, this actually. his costume here was pretty reminiscent. It had the kind of um, yeah, the, the half circle like um, collar thing he had yeah. going on. I really liked it. Honestly, I loved everything no, about how they did every, it. Everything about this was great. I love that the, that they're not just launching us into the next big bad. I love that it is going to be kind of a slow burn. Um, he's going to probably play a lot more of a role in the background of things. Um, well, it's, it could probably go one of two ways. It'll either go, he he's in the background, kind of pulling the strings, and every so often we see him doing something, or he is going to just start showing up everywhere and just start messing up everything because the way he was described was the way the way he described it I should say is you kill me and you are going to have to deal with an infinite number of me it's going to be multiverse warfare you know, and it's uh, of your options I I choose the latter of the two I think that I would actually be you know more interesting 
And in yeah. fact, even just more of the character. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do because um, uh, I, I'm sure they don't want to tread the same ground they did with uh, Thanos, and they want to do something fun and exciting. I but... dude, I I think that's exactly the point. I think you're right on that, and I think effectively they've already got themselves off to a stronger introduction to Thanos to make all those moments uh, even more impactful than Thanos ever was in his first 10 years before his oh, first film. absolutely. And absolutely. even then, I think they'll make his finale better than Thanos' finale in Endgame. I think Th- Thanos is Thanos not- feels small potatoes now, and that is both an exciting and terrifying thing to say, where you're like, I don't want to. I don't want to belittle Josh Brolin's contribution, <laughs> but like, man, like Thanos seems like a blip Matt, on the radar now. Actually, let me tell you what I hated Thanos in Endgame I, versus Thanos in Infinity War. So much better than Thanos in Endgame, just because yeah. because they messed with the time and stuff like that. Like the motivations were off. Like they weren't yeah, the same. It's fine. And, but yeah. hey, it led to a really great meme between him and Scarlet Witch. It um, did. Yes, it did. <laughs> and you know what? You're right. Um, but uh, so what's great is like okay so Loki and Sylvie they have their spat their spat and then it ends with Sylvie betraying Loki kicking him through the portal and then she kills Kang and that sends ripples throughout the multiverse instantly the, instantly it create it cre- it opens the multiverse anything is is game now he even's like I'll see you later and stuff so. Like, it's happening. The multiverse is happening. And then as that was happening, as I was watching it happening, I'm like, that's why we haven't gotten our Spider-Man trailer yet. Because they were waiting until this was, like, official and everyone had seen it. So now when they have a Spider-Man trailer and all the different Spider-Men start showing up, it doesn't come out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm still very interested in how that plays. Um, And I think we're jumping a little ahead, you know, by going... I mean, now we're reaching into the stars because I, I, I don't know. I really don't know how the fuck they're going to do it. It's um, it's going to be interesting because now we have like that. We have uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, there's been a lot of fun memes just Sam based Raimi. off. Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi, who directed the uh, original Spider-Man movies. And uh, there have been reports that Tom Hiddleston is going to be in... Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Can I tell you something? I, yeah. I want to talk about that final scene real quick because let me tell you what, as soon as he showed up back at the TVA in the grand halls and the library or whatever, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. instantly looked over at Anissa. Um, I said, oh my god. And he starts freaking out. I said, he's he's not in the right universe because they're looking at yeah. him like, what the hell's happening? And let me tell you what, when they're like, whoa, whoa, where are you from? What department are you in? I'm like, oh, I knew it! Is that is a great, and then of course the the big reveal that we don't have the statue of the three timekeepers, but one single statue of Jonathan Majors, Kang the yeah. Conqueror, and suddenly just the scope of what's going to happen now is a lot clearer, and it's kind of staggering where you go like this could. You know, you you think after 10 years and 23, 24 movies, like, Marvel's petered out, and it's like, okay, they, what, they've done everything. They, there's there's no, they can't go any higher. And suddenly, I'm like, I can't even see the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, you know what? And, and effectively, you know, all you lovely listeners, we did not get got. We did not. We, we got 
We go get. <laughs> we go get. That's the and, name of the episode. We go get. <laughs> dude, I I that was Loki. Can I I just say like and and then uh, uh, finally at the very end, you know, a uh, season two. Yep. Uh, we get it, and I I gotta say I love it. I'm excited for more. I really hope the departure of Kate Heron does not um, send the series into uh, a live's mouth. Um, I, I can <laughs> no, only hope I think, that the I think... you know Michael Waldron and and Kevin Feige and the team they they really you know just knock it out of the park again. I can't imagine that they won't. I really don't. No, they they haven't come this far and done everything so well on accent. So they know what they're yeah. doing. And I I happily await uh the continued adventures of Loki and Sylvie and seeing where this series goes cuz it's going to be nuts. The MCU is going to be crazy going forward. And uh, it has never been more fun to be a uh, a Marvel fan. But uh, I forgot to mention, we got the Thanos copter <laughs> in this series. We did indeed get the Thanos copter. That is, I can't believe that is it. A good point. Those absolute mad lads. They they uh, who was it? James Gunn post, posted a tweet that he wrote in like twenty. I don't know, like 2012, like, oh man, I can't <laughs> wait till Thanos copter comes in. And then he's like, Hey, it did it. I was right. Um, <laughs> so looking forward to that. Um, or actually it was just interesting to see it. I, I'll tell you what, there were like two different episodes that I had to wait like a couple days to see it. And I saw Thanos copter before I got to see the episode. I was like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> that um, episode's got so much stuff. You, you should go back and just comb through the uh, Easter eggs and that there. They have, they have stuff from like, Yellow Jackets in that episode. Let, let me tell the, you, in, in the, the Living of, Tribunal. In the beginning of episode five, this could just be a meme that I saw. But like what? when we get the reveal that uh, that Mobius is actually alive and he's in the place and he's driving around. What right. car? What car was he driving? Because I saw a, a meme. It's a pizza car. Okay, I saw a meme that it was uh, Lightning McQueen, and it was edited really good. Like no, that it looked like it was, it was in there. I'm like, okay, I just want to make sure I'm like. I didn't go rewatch the episode after that. I was like, wait, no, that wasn't it. I, I could have sworn that wasn't it. Um, that just, that would have been really funny. If it nah, was he was like driving McQueen. some the uh, pizza truck, I think. Okay, great. Thank God. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been too real. Um, yeah. But, but anyways. Uh, but I, as far as Loki, I could talk for another like three hours about it, but. Let's not and say we did. Yeah, at the to for the sake of our listeners, I'm not going to do that. Uh, uh, perhaps they can look was... forward to another three hour long conversation in the near yet somewhat distant future. Hmm, it's like you're implying something, but I'm not sure what. I guess we'll find out one day. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, man, uh, Loki was fantastic. If you have not seen it, I desperately urge you fix to... that. Go on to Disney Plus. Don't postpone it. Put it at the top of your list. Um, it's incredible. Do it. Do it now, you mewling quim. Think about it like this: you do not have to pay thirty dollars premier access fees to watch the show. You just have to pay a monthly subscription to Disney Plus. And I'm sure there's a free trial out there around. Actually, Disney Plus is probably one of the more affordable streaming services right now at like what seven, eight bucks. Um, and it's at like thirteen bucks if you get the bundle with Hulu and uh, and um, ESPN if you're into sports as well. Um, so yeah, please go watch it. It's fantastic. Rave reviews. I would give it a 10 out of 10. Honestly, I would. Maybe 9, nine out of 10. Maybe nine, 9 out of 10 for me. 
Yeah. Um, uh, with that being said, uh, thank you so much for listening. Please feel free to check us out on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at Scripture Screen. Check out our website, www.scripturescreen.com or anchor.fm forward slash Scripture Screen. There you can find all of our past episodes and feel free to share us with your friends and family members, anybody who you think would be interested. Leave us a comment. Leave us a suggestion. We'll get back to you, perhaps. And we'd love to feature any questions on the show if you have. Zach, do you have anything for our listeners before we depart? Uh, 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 um, uh, you're all wonderful. Hey, that was really nice of you to say. Um, I, on the other hand, think that nobody is wonderful except for everybody. So take that. Um, And as always, you have yourselves a wonderful rest of your morning, afternoon, day, evening, and night. Bye.